All right, we want to take a break now to thank one of our sponsors here. You know, we only like to promote and talk about products that we genuinely love here. And here on the podcast, we love our bull and branch sheets. Uh, We've had them in our house more than a year. Jill, I know you have as well. Most, we are huge fans of bull and branch. And if you don't have bull and branch sheets already, what are you waiting for? It's a new year, new you, new sheets. And if all of you with your resolutions are working out, trying to eat healthy, give yourself the gift of some soft sheets. It's a New Year's resolution you can achieve. Bowl and Brand sheets get softer with every wash. We have a few sets here in our house. They're made with 100% organic cotton. They don't have those toxins, those synthetic pesticides, harsh chemicals that many other brands have. So they're especially good if you have sensitive skin. Moshe, that's a big issue in my house. The sheets are good for all seasons. They'll be great. They'll keep you cool in the summer. They'll keep you warm in the winter. And right now, we have a special deal going for the Mo News community. On your first order of Bowl and Branch, you can get 15% off. Just head over to bowlandbranch.com. That is bowl, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Use the promo code, what else? Mo News. Keep in mind, exclusions do apply. So see the site for details. Okay, everyone, we're starting another week here. It is Monday, October 17th. I'm Moshe Wanunu, and you're listening to the Mo News Podcast. This is the place where we bring you just the facts from verified sources and a breakdown of what matters in the news. We read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. Here are a few of the stories we're watching as we start another week. There were developments in Iran over the weekend, including a remarkable fire at a big prison in Tehran. I'll have the latest details on what we're learning. There was a major arrest and police believe they have the person responsible for those serial killings that have been striking fear across Northern California. The Chinese Communist Party is holding its biggest meeting. It's once in every five-year Congress. I'll tell you about the words of warning for the U.S. We got a major polling update ahead of midterm elections with just three weeks to go. It is looking like it'll be a pretty close election to determine who will take control of the U.S. House and Senate. If you're eligible for student loan forgiveness, it looks like the application went live, sort of, this weekend. I'll tell you how that's going to work. And the British royal family has announced what they're going to be doing with all those thousands of Paddington bears that were left behind for the Queen after she passed away. Okay, let's get started here with Iran. Uh, Many of you sent me uh, videos that you'd seen on social media over the weekend of this huge fire taking place at the notorious even prison in Tehran. The flames were really something to look at against the night sky in Tehran on Saturday. You could also hear gunfire in some of the social media videos. People were asking, what is happening at this major prison? Details are still scattered, but this is what we have right now. According to the Iranian government, which of course manages the prison and is notorious for misinformation, they say that the fire at the prison killed four inmates. State media had originally reported that nine people were just injured. Then Iranian state media followed up that four inmates died of smoke inhalation. 61 others were injured, several taken to the hospital. It said that all four who died in prison were there on robbery convictions. But for obvious reasons, people are skeptical. Even prison is notorious. It actually holds thousands of political prisoners, human rights workers, people with ties to the West. And so that is one of the reasons why those dramatic scenes of a nighttime fire really reverberated because of all the prominent people who are held at that prison. And that blaze comes as nationwide anti-government protests really continue to grow across Iran, now going into their fifth week in dozens of cities across the country. Iranian government media said that some prisoners had tried to escape but failed during the fire. It's Iran, so everything is pretty unclear here. There's a U.S.-based group called Center for Human Rights that said that an armed conflict actually broke out within the prison walls. 
the Iranian government is not admitting that much. That all comes as here at home, President Biden over the weekend called the Iranian government oppressive and said that he had an enormous amount of respect for people marching in the streets. The White House has been trying to do more and more in recent weeks to verbally support the protests, the people taking on the Iranian authoritarian regime. It's notable because former President Obama actually did an interview over the weekend on the Pod Save America podcast where he admitted regrets to not supporting the previous protests back in 2009. That was called the Green Revolution. It failed. It was the last really significant attempt at taking out the Iranian regime. At the time, the White House was pretty silent. They were concerned, and Obama explains this in the clip, I posted it on Instagram, that supporting the protesters would actually do them harm, make them look like they were part of a U.S. overthrow attempt. And so the president remained pretty silent back then. He now says, 13 years later, that he should have done more, that anytime there's an opportunity, an inkling of democracy, a sprout of democracy abroad, the U.S. needs to wholeheartedly support it. Speaking of democracy, we have a big election here in the U.S. in just over three weeks, the midterm elections, uh, governor's elections, a third of the Senate, and every single U.S. House seat, along with many of your local and state races. The folks over at CBS News and YouGov do a tracking poll, and their latest polls came out on Sunday. The latest numbers suggest that as of right now, Republicans look like they are on track to take a slight majority of the U.S. House seats. CBS calls it the battleground tracker, and again, it's an estimate based on polling of uh, where each party will end up. A reminder, the U.S. House has 435 seats. All of them are up. And as of right now, Republicans could end up with 224 of those seats, while Democrats will hold 211. Right now, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats have the majority, but it looks like, based on polls again, that this could flip. This is in line with historical trend lines. Typically, whatever party does not have the White House tends to win seats in the uh, midterm elections. It happened in the first midterms Trump had as Dems took the House. It happened in the first midterms that Obama had as Republicans took the House. And so they're seeing this trend line right now, but a reminder that it is just over three weeks and three weeks is a lifetime in American politics these days. Drilling down the numbers here, you see why Republicans have the advantage. The latest polling found that 65% of voters say they believe the economy is getting worse, while only 20% believe it's staying the same, and only 15% won five believe it is getting better. Voters also showed concern about rising gas prices. 63% of voters say they're concerned about prices going up. And then when it comes to the parties, only 29% of voters, 2-9, say that Democratic policies have helped the economy, while 48% of voters say they have harmed the economy. That's in contrast to the Republican numbers, which are above water here, so to speak. 42% of voters believe Republican policies could help the economy. Again, that is uh, in contrast to 29% who believe Democratic policies will help. Meanwhile, only 33% of voters say that Republican policies will harm the economy. Inflation is a huge concern, and one of the uh, culprits people point to is that huge $2 trillion Democratic COVID relief bill that was passed last year. At the time, was highly popular with voters. Now Republicans are blaming that partially for inflation, putting too much money in the economy. On Sunday, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was asked about it. He defended the bill. He blamed inflation as a global phenomenon. Uh, and there is some evidence of that, uh, as you've seen inflation rise across the world, including Europe. At the same time, though, there is a belief uh, among many economists including folks at the Federal Reserve who are trying to tame inflation right now, that just too much money was put in the economy over the past couple of years. A reminder that the Biden COVID relief plan was $2 trillion uh, last spring, spring 2021, but that was the third bailout in just uh, less than two years. The two previous ones under Trump added another $3 trillion to the economy. 
So uh, between those three bills, the two Trump bills and the Biden bill, about $5 trillion was dumped in the economy to try to ensure that uh, COVID did not bring down the economy. But now, obviously, we're dealing with the effects of inflation. Okay, let's head back abroad here. We're monitoring the big gathering of all the Communist Party elders in China this week. This is the summit that happens every five years. It's where the party announces its major priorities as well as chooses its leader for the next five years. And the current Chinese leader, that is Xi Jinping, he has already run the country for 10 years. He opened the big Congress on Sunday. He's actually expected to award himself a third five-year term, so he will end up serving at least 15 years, though observers think it might even go beyond that. This is really unprecedented in modern times. Usually, typically in recent uh, decades, the Chinese leader has done up to two terms, 10 years in power. Here we see Jinping likely to award himself a third term in charge of the country. In his speech, kicking everything off on Sunday, she addressed developments in the economy and foreign policy, COVID-19, Hong Kong, Taiwan, all of which he claimed China has come away from victorious. In his decade of rule, she has really tightened the ruling Communist Party's control over society and the economy, increasing the surveillance state in China even beyond what it was before, and there are no signs that will change. On Sunday, he also called for faster military development and announced no change in policies that have strained the relationship between China and the U.S. The Communist Party's military wing, they call it the People's Liberation Army, he said needs to safeguard China's dignity and core interests, which basically means Taiwan and some other uh, parts that China views as key and part of China. They are looking to take back territorial control after 70 years. A reminder that China has the second largest military budget in the world after the U.S. and has been trying to expand its reach across the region uh, by developing ballistic missiles, aircraft carriers, and a number of overseas posts. Here's one key quote from Xi over the weekend. He said, be mindful of dangers in the midst of peace. Get the house in good repair before rain comes and prepare to undergo the major tests of high winds and waves and even perilous stormy seas. You often see the Chinese like to speak in code here, but this is clearly an indication that he is telling his country, his military, and his leaders to prepare for potential conflict at some point with, well, who else? The U.S. Two other notable things here on Hong Kong. She said that their moves to eliminate free speech, free press, and previous democratic features in that city-state have helped them take it from chaos to governance. The measures China has taken in the last decade have come under immense criticism for everyone in the West. Hong Kong was once really a uh, free bastion, but China really in the last 10 years has really cracked down at anything democratic uh, in that economic powerhouse. They've really been trying to make it a part of China, and that's included arresting anyone who's been critical of the Chinese government, going so far as to change the history books in Hong Kong and eliminate all free press, free speech, as I noted. And finally, on COVID-19, he said the Chinese government has, quote, protected people's lives and health from the pandemic. So he was all positive there. He indicated no change on their zero COVID strategy. This has been very controversial. China, as I've told you, has been locking down cities. You know, some of their cities have 20 million people in them. Sometimes they'll see as few as a few dozen cases or 100 cases, and they lock down cities for weeks at a time where people are not allowed to leave their homes. This has been highly controversial. They've taken folks to COVID camps when they test positive, uh, separating them from their families, sometimes again for weeks at a time. It appeared based on the speech on Sunday that China has no plans to change that strategy. 
All right, back here at home, we got some good news. People can hopefully sleep better at night in Northern California. Stockton, California police believe they have arrested the man responsible for the recent spate of serial killings that have claimed the lives of six people in that city and the surrounding area. This has really had the city on edge, but police announced on Saturday they had identified the suspect. He's a local, a 43-year-old named Wesley Brownlee. Police said the arrest was made around 2 a.m. on Saturday. That came after police received tips from the public that led them to Wesley Brownlee's home after observing him driving away from his residence, they pulled him over. At the time, he was dressed in black, had a black mask around his neck. He also had a firearm in his possession. Police believe that Brownlee was actually looking for his next victim when they arrested him on Saturday. Police officials said, quote, he was out hunting. We are sure we stopped another killing. Six people were killed and one survived the string of shootings that go back to April 2021. The most recent shooting was on September 27th of this year. Nearly all the victims were Latino men, although it isn't clear if that was his motivation. Brownlee, by the way, is black. Three of the victims were homeless and one was a woman. The police spent a lot of time trying to triangulate the locations, the timing, etc. There was actually a 448 day break between the killings of the second and third victims, but then the gaps between the victims became shorter, 34 days, 19 days, 22 days, and then just six days. So it appears in recent months that he was really speeding up his process for identifying and then going out on these uh, attacks. Investigators used ballistic evidence uh, from the gun to connect the shootings. They saw a relationship there. We are expected to learn more in the coming days. And Brownlee is expected to be arraigned tomorrow in court. Okay, we got a major development over the weekend. If you are eligible for student loan cancellation, the initial website went live this weekend for you to apply. Now, it is a beta site. It's still a little shaky. It has gone down a couple times, but the education department said it had begun beta testing and wanted to make it available to the public. Uh, they hope that this test, as people are applying, will help them find any problems before the site goes official. But you are, if you're refreshing the website, I'll include a link in the show notes are able to begin your application process and file your application for student loan relief. A reminder that President Biden announced this in August. It allows some borrowers to apply for up to $20,000 in student loan cancellation. The Education Department says there's no incentive to rush here, but if you're interested in applying, go check out the website as they continue to work out the kinks until they make it official. The big question here is, will it hold up in court? It has been challenged by a number of Republican state attorneys general who say it's unfair. A federal judge in Missouri this week heard arguments from that group uh, saying that this uh, student loan relief is unfair. That has actually led the government here to move quicker to start to push out the relief before it can potentially be frozen in court. The plan by the White House is estimated to cost about $400 billion. Uh, it was a key measure here as Biden hopes to solidify Democratic voters uh, and give people more reasons to vote for Democrats this fall. I will link in the show notes to the eligibility requirements if you want to see if you're eligible for the student loan relief package. Okay, the back and forth continued this weekend between Elon Musk and Ukraine. The world's richest man, Elon, tweeted on Saturday that his company, SpaceX, will now continue to fund the Starlink satellite terminals that have been helping the Ukrainian government maintain communication as they've been dealing with the invading Russian forces. Those tweets, because that's how Elon communicates, he, you know, is potentially going to be the owner of Twitter at some point. So the latest tweets followed a statement by Elon on Friday in which he had said that SpaceX would not continue to fund the Starlink terminals indefinitely. He complained about the cost, which has come to several hundred million dollars. A reminder that he had initially donated these to support the cause back in uh, you know late winter, early spring as the war started. 
but he recently asked the Pentagon, the U.S. Uh, Defense Department, to cover the costs of the Starlink terminals for Ukraine. So Elon tweeted over the weekend, quote, the hell with it. Even though Starlink is still losing money and other companies are getting billions of taxpayer money, we'll just keep funding Ukraine government for free. Now, it's unclear here if he was being sarcastic or if he's being serious here. It's always hard to tell with Elon Musk, uh, though he did write uh, in a later response on Twitter, quote, we should still do good deeds. Starlink has been crucial to keeping Ukraine's military online during the war against Russia. They have been basically blocking, unplugging and destroying the infrastructure in Ukraine. So Starlink has been vital here. But then we get to a recent controversy that sort of touched this off. Musk tweeted uh, in the last couple of weeks about a peace plan that he envisioned that would allow Russia to keep a whole chunk of territory in Ukraine and that Ukraine would have to remain neutral in the future. So that didn't play well in Ukraine. And one of the people who reacted to that was the Ukrainian ambassador to Germany, who literally told Musk in a tweet to F off. So Musk effectively said, okay, then we don't have to support these Starlink terminals. And he uh, wrote on Twitter, we're just following his recommendation. And so now in this most recent reversal, it appears that Musk will continue uh, to fund these Starlink terminals. I'm waiting to hear word from the Pentagon on whether they're going to support him here. A reminder that Musk is not known for reacting well to any criticism or negative reactions that uh, goes for any negative stories about any of his companies in the media. Uh, in this case, the Ukrainian ambassador telling him to F off on Twitter. Okay, now to a sports story that many people are watching, the baseball playoffs. The San Diego Padres defeated the LA Dodgers over the weekend to advance to the National League Championship Series. San Diego will now face the Philadelphia Phillies starting on Tuesday. But the fact that the Padres have even made it this far was quite a shocker. Uh, everyone had expected the Dodgers to move on because the LA Dodgers were the winningest team in baseball in the regular season. They won 111 games. In fact, only three teams in baseball history in more than 100 years had won more games than this year's Dodgers. But the team sort of fell apart to San Diego, and so that now means that the Padres will take on the Philadelphia Phillies. That series starts tomorrow. The Phillies, by the way, for their part, were also an upset. They took out the Atlanta Braves, who were last year's World Series winners. Whoever ends up winning between San Diego and, and Philly will then go on to the World Series and face the American League winner. This is where we're at on the American League front. The Houston Astros have made it to the AL Championship Series, and they're still awaiting a winner between the New York Yankees and Cleveland Guardians. Okay, as we wrap up here, we got some news out of England over the weekend on what's going to happen to those thousands of Paddington bears and stuffed animals that were left behind for the Queen after she passed away. You might remember those images following her death, all those mourners leaving behind thousands of tributes, flowers and teddy bears, Paddington bears outside Buckingham Palace, Royal Parks in London and outside Windsor Castle. Well, the palace announced on Saturday that they'll be donating all those bears to a children's charity called Bernardo's. Paddington Bear is another British national treasure and it became linked to the Queen when the two appeared together in a short comedy video during the Jubilee earlier this year. And that's what led many people to leave behind Paddington Bears when she passed away in September. By the way, important to note here, and the palace made a point, that all those bears that were left outside for those days will be professionally cleaned, rest assured, before they go to the children's charity. All right, I want to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News Daily Podcast. Before you go, also a reminder to follow this show on whatever app you're listening to us on. It'll ensure you don't miss a single episode. And leave us a review if you can. Every review helps us grow this show and move up the rankings. Beyond this podcast, you can subscribe to the Mo News newsletter. We have an in-depth look at Iran today. You can find that at monews.bolton.com. And if you don't follow us on Instagram yet for 24-7 coverage, head over there at Moshe at M-O-S-H-E-H. I'll see everyone back here tomorrow.